today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Talking about environmental issues and watersheds and conservation authorities, and uh, that leads us uh, into a nice segue about what has uh, been come to know as Sewer Gate here in the city of Hamilton. Uh, that has to do with, of course, the uh, Shadow Creek, which actually runs, well, parallel to Highway 403 when you're coming into the city uh, just by Coots Paradise there. That's uh, Coots, That's the, the creek that you're actually looking at there. Uh, and it came under a great deal of scrutiny a little while ago. Uh, I'll give you the thumbnail version of this for those who may not know about this. Uh, there was a sewer gate that was somehow left open in January of 2014 that spilled about 24 billion, that's with a B, 24 billion liters of sewage into the Shido Creek, which is already polluted. Four and a half years later, City Council was finally told about the spill, uh, decided to keep the scale and the details uh, quiet for what they were, we tell, or they told us anyway, were legal reasons. Well, uh, it finally did come to light, of course, causing a huge, huge furor in the community. Uh, the Ontario Ministry has already gotten involved in this and said that Hamilton's, to use their phrase, do-nothing attitude towards the creek is simply not good enough, and they've demanded that there be a cleanup. Now, uh, Dan McKinnon, who is the Hamilton General Manager of Public Works, has indicated that a lot of the work is already happening behind the scenes. Uh, what is happening in the background, uh, as the other councillor alluded to, is that we do have this working group that is identifying projects that we think we can move forward. Uh, in addition to that, we are doing the uh, sub-watershed study in the Shadow Creek to identify what might be uh, a good, sustainable, comprehensive solution for the issues at Shadow Creek. All right, which is part of the answer, I suppose. The other part in the, the, the question that's being raised time and time again is about the way the council handled this, and or some would characterize mishandled this. And there were even some people on Hamilton City Council that uh, that would question some of the procedures that went on by staff and by councillors. Brad Clark joins us uh, from Upper Stony Creek, City Councilor for the City of Hamilton. Uh, Brad, thanks so much for the time. Glad you could jump in with us today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, sir. I've known you for a long time, Brad. I know how, that, that you're one of the councillors who's very environmentally conscious, uh, I, you know, from your work even with the provincial government and the Aramosa Karst, uh, which has up at Stony Creek and uh, watershed issues and things of this nature. As a city councillor, on a personal level, when you found out about this, what was your initial reaction? I was shocked. I was disappointed. Um, I, I didn't understand. I, I still don't understand, candidly, and I don't think anyone can 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 explain it how the gate was left open 5% for four and a half years and no one noticed. Uh, that always bothered me. Um, but I found it troubling that we wouldn't release the to the public the duration of the spill, uh, nor the volume of the spill. Now, I, I understand that at the time that was the legal advice, but it didn't make sense to me, and the reason it didn't make sense was that the duration and the volume was in the provincial order, which is a public document. Um, so I just thought it was a huge error, a huge omission uh, that was, was going to create huge public relations issues, and it did. It would, I, and I understand legal advice is legal advice, and, and and I can't get inside the heads of the city's legal department when, when, when they gave you that advice. Uh, and they don't but, budge, as you know, Bill, from the yeah. legal advice. They say this is yeah. the advice. That's it. <laughs> yeah, um, and 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 
and to be frank about it, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Maybe Absolutely. a lot of the time they're right, but sometimes they're wrong. Uh, and there's been some legal advice that uh, the city council has received over the last number of years uh, that they have accepted and some that they fought back against. I mean, I, I, there's, there's no black and white solution here. But I, I guess the thing that bothered me about this, and I'm sure it bothered you, and I know a few other people on council that probably had some sleepless nights about this, is, is it, it looked like a cover-up. It, the lack of transparency uh, in a situation as, as dangerous as this was, uh, was was really problematic for an awful lot of people. And, and you know, I, I was surprised that council actually went along with that. Well, and it eroded public trust dramatically. Um, there will always be people who don't trust council, and and some don't even like some councillors. Uh, I get all of that. That that's politics in general. But when <laughs> it becomes public knowledge that you re- you chose not to release the duration and the volume, and yet it was already on a provincial order, which is a public document, it it just it begs the question: Why would anyone give that advice? And and we may never know because it's cited as legal advice, but it 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 most certainly did create a huge hurdle for council. I mean, they talked about the potential liabilities, etc. I mean, that the, the the horse was out of the barn, wasn't it? The liabilities I mean, the, are already there. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't change. Um, there, there's always this issue, um, and I found in 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 all of my years in politics, uh, there's the legal advice that you receive, which is usually very cut and dry and and impenetrable. You can't move it. Um, but then, as politicians, we understand the need for transparency. And so there has to be consideration by um, city lawyers and outside lawyers that when they're dealing with matters of of compelling public interest, transparency does have to trump. Uh, you you just you have to ensure that we're being uh, straight with the residents from the get go. And and that was an error we paid for it. Um, but now the larger challenge for us is is how do we clean up the creek? Um, to everyone's satisfaction, including the Ministry of Environment and Climate Change. You, you mentioned about credibility, and you, you're right, Council took a real hit on this, especially some of the comments by some of the people in Council that said, look, the creek was polluted anyway, what's the big deal? I mean, that, I'm paraphrasing, but that seemed to be some of your colleagues' attitude, which which I found reprehensible. But, you know, I look at the broader picture, and I know you and Council would do this too, maybe the lawyers not so much, is this happened uh, right on the heels of some very serious concerns about the Red Hill Valley Parkway uh, and, and the you know, the, the, the design of the road, and was it safe or wasn't it? safe uh and and there was a concern there was hey uh was council or was staff being forthright about some of the reports that had been issued about that uh we found out later on the council was in the dark about that as much as as the public seemed to be but you go back to that word that you use brad about transparency and people were saying wait a second this is like a one-two punch to the gut by the people of the city here saying how come we're not being told what's going on and that's where council had to become proactive and pass a a number of resolutions to to bolster the level of transparency. So we make it a requirement now for city staff to bring to the attention of council any consultant's report, any advisory report um, uh, that is affecting public health and safety. So in the past, it was up to staff to decide whether or not this was important enough to bring to council. We're not leaving that decision to them. We're saying that if it's public health and safety, you better bring it to our attention. Um, we passed an, uh, a resolution requiring that provincial orders be posted. 
Um, we passed a resolution requiring real-time notification to the public of uh, combined sewer overflow outflows into the natural environment. So we have put in place, um, and, and, and those resolutions were resolutions that I moved, but those are resolutions of transparency. They're, they're, that's what a government is supposed to be doing, is making sure that the public is fully aware of what's going on uh, to the best of their ability. There will always be errors and mistakes, don't get me wrong, but we can put in place policies to ensure that the public is notified. Did you ever get to the bottom as to why this thing went on for as long as it did before it was discovered? I mean, I can understand, like, oh, somebody left it open for an hour now, my God. But this was over a long, long period of time. Where's the oversight? Yeah, no, and unfortunately we had to pass a bunch of rules to put that oversight in place. But um, no, Bill, to be honest, we have never figured out how, A, the gate was opened, um, and B, how it was changed in the SCADA system, the computer system, so that no one would notice. Um, and and then then finally see where was the management oversight? Where are the the people who are supposed to be managing the managers and managing the employees? Where's the oversight? And 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 that's something that we are still working on to ensure that on a go forward basis in all divisions that oversight is properly in place. I, I mean, just so to, you know, to put this in context, and if somebody left that gate open for four and a half hours, is it? Oh my God, that's terrible! Uh, you know, somebody, you know, missed the four and a half years. I it mean, almost seems on. impossible. Yeah, but but it happened, and and for the life, when I first, I mean, the frustration and 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 anger, and I tried to keep my emotions down, but. I was hot. <laughs> I was hot that this could have happened for four and a half years and no one knew about it. How is that even possible? And to, de- to date, we still don't have an answer. Yeah, well, I'll leave that for the time being because I know that there's a lot of other concern about that too. The other element to this too that I wanted to ask you about is as council started to finally deal with this, uh, with consultants' reports. And, and now, you know, I, I spent some time on city council and I've got mixed feelings about consultant reports. I mean, they're, they're brilliant people, but oftentimes I feel that consultant reports sometimes write the kind of report that they want council to hear or council wants to hear. And you actually got this when it was, okay, what are we going to do about Shadow Creek? You got two reports. One said to dredge it at a cost of, I think it was, what, two million bucks? The other said you don't need to. Well, guess which one council decided? I mean, that, that kind of looks like they were taking an easy off-ramp here. Well, to be fair, council didn't decide. Um, it was a provincial order to the staff. The staff responded back to the provincial order with the consultant's report recommending a do-nothing approach to it. And... Um, it was brought to our attention uh, in an information report that that was what was forwarded up to the ministry, and we received that report. So council, um, uh, in all intents and purposes, didn't direct them to do nothing. As a matter of fact, a number of councillors were questioning why that was the case. Why wouldn't we be looking at dredging? Why wouldn't we looking? Why wouldn't we be looking at some form of uh, biological remediation where you're using different plants and animals to help clean up. So there was lots of questions in that regard. So to, to be clear, staff responded to a provincial order, handed up the, the consultant's report, and that information, including the handing it up to the ministry, was brought to our attention as an information report. 
Did the ministry adopt the, the do nothing? No, attitude? the ministry went in the other direction completely, Bill. They, they, well, that, they, that's why I asked because I've just seen their reaction to it in the last t- couple of weeks. Yes, where they basically, yes. you know, sm- slap you guys on the wrist and say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not happening." Yeah, the 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 ministry's position, like again, a number of counselors, was that you know we we need to figure out if the position of the consultant was that dredging was going to cause problems. Uh, in terms of of releasing more contaminants into the water, et cetera, et cetera, and so leave it at the bottom untouched. That was in essence. I'm paraphrasing, Bill. Sorry, mm-hmm. that was their their position. The government's position, or the Ministry of Environment and Climate Change's position, is well, let's spot dredge to see if that's the case. I think that's a prudent suggestion. <laughs> it's not a suggestion; it's an order from the province. But let's see if we're doing spot dredging. Let's see exactly. What's happening? What we're finding, and is it releasing things into the water that we don't want released? All of those things would be studied. So, I, I happen to agree with the order. I think it, it, it is a reasonable uh, solution, and 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 we'll continue to work with the ministry to fulfill it. How much is this all going to cost? That remains unseen. Oh, you know, Part B, that you know, you know the next question: right? Who's going to pay it? Well, we are the taxpayers of Hamilton. Pay mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, never. I, I knew the answer. I just wanted to get it on the record yeah, that people but, people are I mean, aware to of this. Be fair, if the creek has been in this, as some of my colleagues have argued, has been long historically contaminated, um, then the onus would be on the municipality, one way or the other, to to clean up that contamination. So I'm. It was always going to be a municipal expense. It was never going to be a provincial expense. What I would prefer to see is let's have a discussion with the deputy minister about what all we need to do to make this right. We admit that there was an error on the part of the city of Hamilton. Um, I'm loath to see a court case and a trial and and uh, fines and all those additional costs um, they're not going to fix anything in the environment. Um, so my suggestion would be let's have that discussion with the deputy minister and make sure that we're all on the same page and we're working together. Brad, what kind of a message did this send to your partners in, in, in these endeavors? And, and, and the, by the way, we should mention that. We've talked about the city's involvement and, and culpability in this. Uh, well, we just were talking with Chris McLaughlin from the Bay Area Restoration Council. That's a, a party of interest. Uh, obviously, the Royal Botanical Gardens uh, and, and uh, the city of Burlington and Halton Region, of course, who are all partners in remediation of, of Hamilton Harbor and, and certainly of, of Coots Paradise. Uh, I got some rather terse notes from all of those people at various times when they found out about this saying, uh, you know, we're partners in this. Why, why the hell weren't we brought into the loop? I don't have an answer for that either. I don't know why um, the city staff didn't inform our partners as to the volume and the duration. Um, I can understand the legal argument, but these are partners that we are working with and frequently working with behind closed doors. So um, it would. Been... By the way, Brad, for our listeners, when we say partners, I mean these are money that are pony. They're pointing money up here. Yes. I mean they're not just you know interested observers. They're they're shoveling some of the cost here. Oh, most certainly. Um, and and so so they are truly partners in it. What I think this has done, if there's any silver lining at all in this, is that um, we have the partners now 
truly invested and working together on on solutions to the creek, which I think is 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 a good thing. Um, and ultimately, my expectation is that the creek will be in better shape when we're finished with this process. Um, so it's it's good that we're all at the table, and it's a good reminder that we should be transparent with each other as partners. It's just a rather circuitous and, and litigious way to get there, though, isn't it? A very challenging way of getting there. It could have been a lot easier, Bill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you have reporting mechanisms in place now to make sure that uh, this doesn't happen again. Yes. So um, not only just reporting mechanisms in place to, to council, but reporting mechanisms in place to the, the citizens. So uh, one of the resolutions that I brought forth, actually it was in December of, um, of um, uh, I guess it was 2018, uh, shortly after I was elected, was creating some form of real-time notification for um, any type of sewage discharge to the natural environment. And that motion came as a result of my research with uh, other groups where this was happening right across the province. So many, many municipalities are doing this type of thing where they're, they're discharging into the natural environment. So this is a notification where we notify the media as well as put it on a website so that any people who are involved in recreational activities in the waterways in Hamilton can check to make sure that there hasn't been a discharge into that natural environment before they go out into the water. Final question for you. Just got a little bit of time left. What's mm-hmm. the time frame for getting this thing done and cleaned up? Is has, has the province given you a timeline? No, not to my knowledge. I, I looked at the provincial order. They give timelines to respond back to the province, obviously, but I've not seen a timeline in terms of of completing the remediation. Uh, certainly follow the story as it goes on, and uh, as you say, with more transparency, uh, we'll get this out in front of people so they can have an informed decision about what's going on. Brad, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for your insight into this. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day. Take care. Brad Clark, of course, uh, Stony Creek Councillor, uh, talking about the uh, Shadow Creek, uh, well, Sewergate, as it's become known now. I'm not quite sure we've resolved all of the issues, but at least uh, we're talking about it again and shining the light on it. That's a good thing. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.